How are you doing? Welcome back to another episode of FNI Rap Chat uh, with the Pauls. Uh, thanks a million for uh, for for tuning in, following, and subscribing. Yous are very good. Uh, it's very much appreciated uh, by all the FNI team. Um, and yeah, great. Uh, how are we all doing? Um, so this week we have uh, a really unique voice in uh, the up-and-coming Irish film uh, environment. Um, a guy by the name of James Fitzgerald. Um, James has been kind of making waves for the last couple of years um, in terms of some of his shorts, uh, music videos and uh, advertisements at various spots. Um, yeah, James has a very unique perspective uh, to filmmaking, but also um, <clears throat> just in his... Uh, his 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 outlook on life is uh, is uh, unique. <laughs> I don't think he mind me saying that. Um, so he has a very unique style in terms of uh, his influences, and uh, yeah, he's really one to watch. Um, so yeah, James was uh, for his graduation short from IADT was uh, nominated for an IFTA uh, and a Royal. I think he won a Royal Society. Uh, television award i could be wrong you can correct me in the comments after he subscribes <laughs> uh so yeah uh what else have we got on so yeah we're moving over to um the hpn network the headstuff network uh so we'll be running our uh, operation kit and caboodle over there for from now on which is really fantastic for us so, uh, ostensibly, what that means is that we'll be reaching a, ride, a wider, a, a wider audience uh, on a regular basis, hopefully. So, if you're in a position, if you have a company or a uh, organisation that would like to sponsor us, um, we'd love to hear from you at uh, FNI Rapchat at gmail dot com. Uh, drop us a drop us a mail and we can fill you in on all the information that you'll need to know. I'm very husky today. Sorry about that. Um, uh, in in other news, what what else is going on? Uh, yeah, at F F and I, we're we're working on a short film project uh, called uh, F and I Script Bank. Script Bank is our writing page, which we have over on Facebook uh, for writers. Basically, we're looking to get our, we're looking to put together a Avengers like crackpot team <laughs> to help us um, either a fundraise or b raise uh, capital for a short film, uh, which will be our first, I guess, co-production um, under the F and I banner. So if uh, we already have uh, some fantastic support from Film Equipment Hire uh, and Camera Kit, uh, but if you'd like to get involved in this in any way, again, drop us an email at fniwrapchat at gmail.com. So, um, yeah. So episode 20, Jesus 20, uh, of FNI Rap Chat uh, with uh, myself and Paul Webster uh, is with James Fitzgerald. Back to F and I rap chat with myself, uh, Paul Butler Lennox, and myself, Paul Webster. Uh, we're here with James Fitzgerald. Thanks very much for coming uh, to talk to us today. Hello. It's a uh, nice to have your company here. Uh, how are you? I'm very good. A little hungover, but I'm good. Yeah. No, I'm really hungover actually, um, but I'm good. Yeah, it's just nicely kind of hmm. mellowed and, and a, a little bit anxious. Lovely. That's the way Sunday should always be. Um, so yeah, um, for anyone who doesn't know James, James is a, is a, is a filmmaker and a writer um, from Waterford um, uh, who has been working for the last few years and coming up with some really excellent stuff, some fantastic shorts, um, uh, music videos and ads and most recently won uh, an award for an ad for, what was the company? Um, it was Antidote. The oh, for Antidote, Antidote, yeah. yeah. But... Um, the uh, the award for the spec ad category. Okay. So I won for that. It was I, I, it's over a year old now. So um, it was just about eligible for the award. 
But um, yeah, no, it's it's a cool event. It's a pretty new event. It's only three years old now. The YDA is both set up by ICAD and a bunch of other producers in the Commercials Producers Association of Ireland. So it's a yeah, it's a nice little gathering of industry heads every year. Cool. And people from the UK come over and everything. So it's it's cool. It's a nice networking um, thing. It's a nice uh, yeah. It's, it's it's a nice event that brings everybody together. I suppose yeah, more than anything else. Um. So yeah. Um. So yeah. I'll just kind of get back to the start of of your life. Um. Yeah. Just about filmmaking in general. How did that enter your life, or <coughs> what kind of films? What's your kind of your earliest memory of of films in your life, and how did that come in? influence you I guess I think um, like lots of people I grew up on things like E.T. and Jurassic Park and Jaws and Indiana Jones you know sort of Spielberg classics which are just universally magical to a lot of people Um, and I love dinosaurs I think most people that know me I have a very big obsession with dinosaurs um, and Jurassic Park so I I I don't know I, I would draw a lot as a kid and everything and I just wanted to basically find ways to escape from reality and live in a fantasy world of dinosaurs and things that can kill you, crocodiles, sharks, anything like that. And I was really interested (laughs) in um, making uh, prosthetics and I wanted to make animatronics just so I could make big dinosaurs, really. Like, I'm giving you, go back to the start now, this is how it all began. So this this is literally your Spielberg kind of toy soldiers on the carpet type Pretty stuff. much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I would build, like, things out of cardboard and stuff and then when I got a little bit older I think it was like one probably was 13 we were selling a dog and the guy no sorry we were buying a dog from someone my father knew and he brought over the dog and the guy happened to have a video camera a very old sort of handy cam JVC (laughs) and I asked him could I play with it while he was talking to my dad so I sort of took it out and started messing with it and about two hours passed and I had filmed everything on the uh on the tape and uh when it was time for the guy to leave, he needed his camera back, and I really didn't want to part ways with it. I fell in love with it right there, just yeah. filming stuff. And um, I'll give you twenty pound or a kick up the arse. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he wouldn't give it to me. Uh, you think I knew, he thinks? I think I knew, or he knew how devastating I was. But anyway, he left, and then from that day on, I constantly bugged my parents to buy me a a video camera, which was a big present. At, yeah, um, of course. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I think I bugged them for months, and I think that birthday my father finally gave in and he gave me a very special present of my first Sony Handycam which I think I was 14 I was turning 14 then Um, and then I just started making films and I was known as the the film guy in secondary school and I grew up skateboarding as well I would go out skateboarding but I would bring my video camera with me and I would always be the guy who'd skate but also film the stuff Um, and that's really how the whole thing started and as I got as I got older, I just started getting more interested in writing and sort of directing and started taking it more seriously. And before I knew it, I had nothing else to do. It was just, that's it. That's what I was doing. So it was like an obsession, even at an early age? Like yeah, yeah. I was very, I was relatively young when I when I started the whole thing. And I just, I went out the whole way through secondary school as the film guy. I, and I did have time. I did, I did have times where I thought, like, shit, maybe this isn't what I should be doing. But I've now convinced everyone else, so uh, everyone else, that this is what I'm going to be doing. So I now have to fucking follow through with it. So there was a little yeah, bit yeah. of that. But I think as I've gotten older and stuff, and yeah, everyone has their bad days and their good days. But I still don't think. I said, this is what I was meant to do. I, I can't do anything else. Besides yeah. sing beautifully, if you want to hear that in a minute. <laughs> um, uh, no, you're okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there is that point, I think, with every filmmaker, it's like to go back and try and learn something new would just be too too difficult. So, yeah, to kind of just keep going on the path you're going. Yeah. And if you look at my catalogue of work up until like even the last music video that I made, everything usually improves one after the other. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll learn something new, whether it's better, you know, gotten much better at like placing the camera or you know working with colors or working with actors and stuff everything advances as it goes up so if you look at the very first thing i ever made which i'm trying to remember what that was now i think it was like a half-assed war type scene i can would always convince early on i would always convince my family to try to be in uh, <laughs> Come on. you know yeah, yeah. Uh, in stuff as well as friends and stuff and there's some hilarious I'm sure which I haven't seen in a while all my candy cams are broken which I can't look, I have still have the tapes so I could yeah. get probably a handy cam mini DV tape deck somewhere and watch some of it yeah. but I made short films um, 
that I didn't even know how to edit yet. You know, I yeah. just would shoot the footage and I would shoot it and I would cut in camera yeah, as yeah. best I could. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I got into, I discovered there was a thing called editing and I sort of <laughs> then started to kind of put a bit of shape to these things as I got, uh, as I got older and stuff. Um, and then now I've gone the complete opposite way where I'll just sit in a room and get someone else to do the editing. I wouldn't touch editing at this so stage. So you, like, you wouldn't kind of supervise and edit necessarily? I would. I'd be there for the entire thing, sitting on someone's shoulder, pissing them off for the entire thing. But I would never press the buttons myself. I would go fucking insane mm -hmm. if I was to try... My brain... I, I'm really bad at maths. I've basically failed maths in secondary school. Um, and I just... I, I can't... My brain... I, I respect editors so much that I can just bring in all the footage you've... All the shit that you shot and then organise that. I mm -hmm. just can't... I, I would drive me fucking insane. Sorry for swearing. No, no, of course it It's fine. Um, yeah. yeah uh, so yeah, kind of what? Uh, so wh where did you kind of go from then? Did you realise that you had to go and train or upskill? Yeah, I, I, when it got to towards the end of um, secondary school, I had had a I had had a pretty big catalogue of short films. <laughs> like were you selling them out, like on the boot of a car somewhere? Like, hey, who else Just down in, in more east, you know, just like, <laughs> hey kids, harbor. you want to buy Odd Jobs too with Pat O'Connor? <laughs> um, shout out to Pat O'Connor. Um, but uh, no, I had this catalogue of stuff, so I wanted to go to the film school, the National Film School of Ireland. Um, and I submitted my portfolio straight out of secondary school and I got 100% on it uh, but I didn't get into the film school because I was shit at maths and I failed Irish uh, which is fucking bullshit how the system works because there was arseholes getting into the, the school that weren't even they shouldn't have been there in the first place yeah, yeah um, it's, it's always the way in every kind of college course yeah. Yeah. they made up the difference yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's you had, you had to have yeah it was 100% I got on the portfolio I got like 600 points on the fucking thing wow. straight out of school no yeah. courses yeah. no nothing yeah. that's yeah. how I had a lovely catalogue stuff coming into that so I didn't get that which was fucking heartbreaking at the time yeah. uh, it was seriously like I remember the day I, I found I didn't get in like I it was awful worst yeah. day of my fucking life and I <clears throat> very late then we started just doing a bit of digging because you know everyone was coming around into September and people were going to start going to college and I was like I've got nowhere to go I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be <laughs> it was like but what about me no no Star Wars yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, there's, I had heard about Bally Furman no sorry I'll take that back I knew about Bally Furman because I went to the open day and I walked around it I was like this place is a shithole I'm never going here I'm too good for this and uh, then before I knew it my little uh, I had no more, no option but to go there so I had to slap on a smile and say fuck it so we apply, I applied for it late and got in straight away yeah. uh, did two years of film and cinematography there did it surprise you in any way? Uh... I didn't know what the fuck I was getting into honestly I don't think most people do when they go to Ballyfermot or I don't know I was I just didn't know what to expect at Ballyfermot I'm not going to bad mouth Ballyfermot but it has its pros and its cons I mean it's good because they just let you do whatever the fuck you want they have a camera you can just go in you can shoot pretty much whatever and you shoot something on film which is not really a thing which students are really probably not going to get to do yeah, yeah, it's, much it's, it's at all it's dying on its arse people it's, like, um, let you, it's, it's one of the few uh, courses yeah. that lets you shoot yeah. film so we still. got to shoot two, two of our shorts <laughs> did a grad film each for each year the two years and I shot them both in film so that was cool um, made but some I mean, friends as well there, yeah yeah made, made some friends and stuff and that was that was cool. Like, I mean, I think um, it was like, yeah, it's it's going to Ballyferman or any art school, it's like, it's what you put into it. No one's going to fucking do it for you. You don't go to rock school and expect to come out a rock star. No one's going to do anything. You have to do it all yourself. If you meet, sometimes, you know, I've met some really amazing people. I've been fortunate to meet some really amazing people in the last few years. Um, and, I mean, it's good knowing these people and stuff, and they some of them will guide you and help you, but a lot of the time... You have to still go back and do it yourself all the time. Do it yourself. Yeah. Don't wait for anybody. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, uh, did you have a happy ending? What happened after after the Ballyfermot? Oh, the so Bally yeah. Fermat sorry, sorry. After Bally, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I forgot. I drifted off there. So Ballyfermot. Uh, so then I applied to go into second year in IDT. I got right in this time with my diploma. Wow. <laughs> Wow, it's framed somewhere. Stick it huh? to the man. Hey, everybody, I'm back. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it's on the fridge. I think. I'm just joking. It's not. I don't know where it is. I don't even know where my degree is. Anyway, basically, I got into second year in uh, IDT, and I 
fucking hated it. It was mm. shit. Worst thing yeah, ever. I hated it. Um, I was, was going through some... what you expect? What were you No, I, and to be honest, I, I, the way I thought about it was I had made friends in Bally Furman, yeah. and they were kind of like my little group of people. So you were moving to the new town, then, and it's like, oh, I don't know anybody ex- in the... Pretty much. Maybe it was a defence thing. You know, you're young and stupid. I'm still young and stupid, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't... I was going through some personal stuff as well. I went through a breakup, man. Very uh, early on in a breakup, which was quite a... It was a longest relationship to date. And... Uh, Basically, that affected me in the way I dealt with everyone in the class, and I was the new guy because they had all known each other from first year, and yeah. I, you know, and I would spend more time outside college making films than actually dealing with the people. So you had to in prove there. yourself all over again, I guess. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so I hated first year. I barely, I don't know how I passed. I barely did anything. I, the thing I made, the what I did was, uh, or second year, sorry, I spent more time outside making a movie called Shadows in the Woods which you're in yeah I was in yeah. that was a lovely experience <laughs> which was a nice experience and a lovely learning curve for all of us never make a 42 minute short though kids it goes nowhere <laughs> um, but it was great uh, yeah to veer off on that I spent most of second year making this short or planning to make this short called Shadows in the Woods which was like a uh, it was just a really amazing learning curve because it was pulled together for there was not a bean spent really for some sandwiches and some fuel I think that was it so it probably came to about I'd say less than 300 euros uh, and we had no producer no nothing you know I kind of strung everyone together and we you know had to wrangle people in to be in the woods for three days straight and I remember one day in particular it just rained and rained and rained and it was uh, it was great it was great it was a really good learning curve as a filmmaker to make something like that it was the biggest thing I'd done to date. Yeah. Um, what was your kind of idea behind it? What was the genre and the rough idea of the story? Uh, well, the story is about this kid who ran away from home and he goes into the woods and he meets this kind of wacky guy and the kid has got a kind of shitty home life uh, and he meets this guy and they become friends but the guy isn't who he says he is and he ends up being like a drug mule for uh, thing <laughs> and stuff. Fuck Narcos. Yeah. It, it there, I mean, it's so funny because when I was cutting it, I, I wanted everything in the film, but I could look back at it now and I could cut like I could cut it in two and then cut it down to a quarter, and it was probably still it would probably make a better film because yeah. the footage was there to make something really cool and that could have been probably fifteen minutes. But me, just with inexperience and stuff, I just wanted to be indulgent. We all go through it. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I still, you know. I haven't seen Shadows in the Woods in a while, but I watched it probably a year ago and enjoyed the shit out of it. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Very, it's, it's very cinematic. Yeah, it's um, a fun bit of really adventure. I it as an experience. It was, it was wonderful. There's a few script... Uh, there's a few loopholes in there in terms of story stuff and a few... Uh, I think there's a few plot holes. Um, nah, sure, like, it, like, or there's there's issues with things that aren't being heard or stuff. But anyway, yeah, whatever. So yeah, you got that you got that out of the way and you moved on to um, uh, your last year, I guess, in college. Uh, and you did a really interesting grad film. Yeah. A kooky, quirky movie called Skunky. Dark. Tell us a little bit about that, the inception of that, and how that came about. Okay, this is lots of people have heard this story because I, I've done a few panel discussions, uh, especially around the time of the 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 film. So I, I, it it has a really nice backstory to the whole thing. Um, so basically, I f- moved on to my last year, and funny enough, uh, my dad was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer in the August, just before we were uh, going to go into my final year so this has kind of presented me with a dilemma I was just like oh and, and we weren't sure how long he was gonna last so I was just like he always wanted me to go to IDT always and he was I'm one of those guys that was that's fortunate enough because I know not everybody has the support of both parents or any parents I was lucky enough that I did and my father was an extremely creative guy very talented uh, violinist um, and he always wanted me to go to the the film school so for me getting refused out of IDT initially that was a big blow as much for him as it was for me because he had to watch me moping around the house for a few months <laughs> um, no but he genuinely was upset for me he was a very passionate guy and he was a, a pupil he was a student or sorry he was a fucking lecturer and he was loved by all his students and Pat O'Connor was one of them um, anyway, look, enough about yeah, him. I love Basically, I did meet him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, times. but um, yeah. So he was diagnosed with lung cancer, and I was presented with a dilemma of to refer the year or hack on through because he's in Waterford, so I'm in Dublin. So if I was up in Dublin making my film, I wouldn't be spending as much time with him for the last few months. But I said, fuck it, and he, we also had a talk about it, and he was just like, I want you to just finish college and do the film. So I, the, my attitude that I took on for my final year was somewhat 
uh, a mix of like passion and sort of a bullish sort of I'm going to get this done, fuck everybody else, I'm just going to make a movie, I don't give a shit about anyone, anyone else, I'm going to make a movie for my father, and it's going to be the best fucking movie that IDT's fucking seen in forever, blah blah blah, it's going to be class, that was my attitude, and then we'll kind of get into the early stages of the the film, and how the whole thing came about, do you want me to talk about how, the idea of the film, or just the process of getting it made? Um, um, it was both, yeah, the <laughs> I'll try to cram it in as fast yeah, yeah, as I like, can. Like, like, it's an inter- it's a, it, it, I think it's quite an interesting uh, process from start to finish and where it ended up. Yeah, were you influenced by your surroundings? Or, or? Yeah, yeah. What happened was I... This summer before I went into my last year, before Dad got diagnosed in August, like it was, this was in June, they were just like, well, it's the summer now, kid, you gotta get a job. So I was just like, oh, I got a job, I'm a filmmaker. You gotta work on a, a Raleigh's farm. Yeah, so, you know, little by little, I had to came to the harsh realization that one has to work, <laughs> you know, during. So I, I got a job at a hotel bar in Dunmore East where I grew up in Waterford, which is a small fishing village by the sea. A very picturesque, lovely place in the summer, but a very cold, isolated and depressing place during winter. So I worked behind this bar, and this kid would come into the bar that I sort of knew and sue some of his friends, and he would speak... I noticed he was there a lot, basically, and he would come into the bar, and then he would uh, have acquaintances and some friends that would come in throughout the day. And he started talking to me, and I started to get to know him a bit, and he started to talk about how he was stuck in Dunmore East in the village. And you were, you and were he, like, he, people he, watching the shit out of yeah, him. Oh, he didn't realise I had a notepad for taking orders, but I was actually taking all the behind the bar. He didn't realise I was stuffing things in my pocket all the time. And I started asking him questions, and he spoke to me about how he was dropped out of school. He was only 19, he couldn't read or write. He wasn't fucking going anywhere, basically, and the only thing he had it going for him was mechanics. He liked... He'd robbed a few cars, apparently... So I've heard, uh, but he liked mechanics, uh, and that that all feeds into the story of Skunky Dog and how the um, the best thing about it was when he got drunk, he'd shout, oh, "I'm a Skunky Dog," and I was like, "What did what, did, what is this? Why do you say that?" And he would just laugh and think it's hilarious, and he'd say, "Oh, there was he told me a small story about this little rodent dog that got into the estate where he lives and started torturing all the neighbors, and the pound came down to put take the dog away, but this kid and his friends all stood up." to the pound and drove him out of the village and that dog is still there today going around as a rogue annoying people so I thought this was a great <laughs> title for a movie because a skunky dog isn't a real animal it just sounds like a weird rodent sort of weasel type creature that goes yeah. around annoying things so I was like well that's going to be the title um, so I sort of wor- started working all these things I know nothing about the guy's uh, home life I know nothing about that. I made all that stuff in the film. I don't believe he's ever gotten with an older woman. Uh, I don't know anything about that. I made all the stuff up. I just took things about him being stuck, uh, the mechanic thing, which was an interesting angle on the film. Because mm-hmm. in, in Skunky Dog, I presume most you guys have seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of most people have at this stage. It's old days. But um, the only thing that Flick in the story has going for him is mechanics. So I thought, wouldn't it be an interesting angle if the mechanic was maybe grooming him or is he grooming him and that's always that was left open to the audience's interpretation is the guy actually gay or is he coming on to your flick or is it just flick isn't doesn't have anybody in his life and a simple touch on the knee from a man will fire him off along with the slagging of his shitty acquaintances friends who's played by John Connors and Tristan and who's the other one can't remember Barry Barry... Yeah, Barry and Shane yeah, were the yeah, other two yeah, lads. Yeah. Um, How do I know that? Yeah, there Jesus, sorry, guys. I, it's uh, been a while. Um, so, so, yeah, and, and difficulties when it came about. Uh, so, yeah. You face difficulties. Uh, in the school, so this is... Not just with the school, but in terms of just putting it together, what were the biggest obstacles? Okay, so in terms of conceiving the whole project in school, it's a no-no to basically... In, when you go to IDT, how they wanted to work as you... You major in things at the end, and you, yeah. they they let you know in second year if you're going to be majoring in drama directing, which is what I wanted to do, and minor in cinematography. Uh, some people didn't get it. Some people do. Most people get what they they want. Um, so I wanted to do drama directing, and um, I got that. So I was going to make this film. So the thing how it works is you're you're everyone majors in something. Someone would major in editing. Someone would major in cinematography. Someone would major in drama directing. They want all these people to work together to make a grad film like there's people who don't want to direct they want to just write they wanted people to team up obviously I write and direct so I just wanted to do that so I again remembering that I was in this uh, strange sort of um, uh, way 
of life at the start because I my father it was I was only twenty three at the time, and I was very uh, just turned twenty three, and I was very um, it was weird I'm because confused. he was yeah 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 because yeah. I knew this guy at home was you know, it was had limited time so I wanted to try and make this movie before he passed away it didn't work out that way in the end but um, conceiving the whole thing was interesting because like I said I wanted to make the best film I could and. Doing that, I knew from, you know, working outside with a few different people and spending more time outside the college than in the college, I'd met some people that I would <laughs> consider better than most of the people in the class. So first up was the producer. Um, I, there was no one good enough to produce the film in the class. By And there's, there probably was. Sorry, guys, but there, there wouldn't have been. No one could have done it. Uh, so I had met this guy <clears throat> briefly through a friend called Paddy Slattery, who most people know. He's a very, very nice guy. And I showed him Shadows in the Woods, and he, I didn't expect, I met him briefly at a screening, and I sent him Shadows in the Woods just for the crack, like, just there, didn't really expect who's going to watch a 42-minute film. <laughs> and he sent me back, like, a two A4 pages of notes saying, like, how much he loved it, and this is why he loved it, and I was like, really, like, Jesus, this guy really did watch this movie, and he didn't have to do that. So when it came around to Skunky Dog, I had known that Paddy... I didn't really know much of his work, but I knew that I just got a feeling that he that he'd be good, and that he was sort of you know because he was a bit old. He's, he's got a bit he's old. incredibly sincere. Yeah, yeah. One of the most sincere people. I got a I good feeling been. off him, and I knew and I knew that he had had a few connections here and there, and um, you know he was older as well. Uh, so I approached him about it. He read the script, and he did like it. Initially, he said he wasn't interested because he wanted to be off making his feature film. Um, but when I told him my my story about my daddy, uh, I was just like, but I want to make it for my daddy, you know, <laughs> before he dies and stuff like that. Oh, right, oh, right, oh, right. <laughs> but, no, but I told him that story, and he was very, very moved by that because he's a very uh, uh, compassionate sort of guy, and that's just the way he is. Mm. And it's not like I, I told him the story to be like, you know, do the fucking thing. What's the circumstances? I just, I just yeah. told him, I said, I'm making this film, it's going to be for your dad, it's going to be fucking unreal. And in a very short space of time he changed his mind and then suddenly I got Paddy on board to do the uh, the film so that, initially that was a problem in the school they were like you can't choose an external producer uh, but they all the, all the lecturers knew what I was going through as well with the with the, so I think I got I got a, got a few it was a little lenient for me because I was the kid with the parent dying that year um, so <clears throat> um, the, initially it was a, a problem with the lectures. they didn't want this external producer but they settled on it they were like okay that's fine so next up was a cinematographer and they were just like uh, you have to get I said I approached them again Anne O'Leary who's now gone uh, from IDT who was a legend and was there for many years she was the head of course and I would torture Anne every week coming in with a new crew member that was not in the college. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. And I came in, and she I think Anne told me to fuck off on, on the phone, which is hilarious. Uh, and no hard feelings, Anne. <laughs> but I came in looking for an external cinematographer, and uh, she said, no, fuck off. She said, you've got, already gotten enough. Um, and you'd pick someone from the class. So I picked a guy from my class, and we started getting this... We started going up on location scouts and stuff to Connemara, where we shot it, and the guy that I picked for my class, whose name I will not mention, uh, came up with us, and he brought his uh, fancy schmancy Mark II stills camera to take some location pictures for me. And we were seeing these amazing... I'd never really been out in the outback in Connemara, in the West. I'd never really been there and seen some... seen, like, really stood in the fucking middle of nowhere in Ireland. That's the first time I was seeing it. So I was ecstatic. I was just like, this is amazing. This is... This is so cool. And your man, who was in my class, who was supposed to be my DOP, uh, was sitting in the car with his camera. And I would have to tell him to get out and take pictures. And, you know, when when you're making a film, you really want to buzz off everybody. You really do. And that's what excites me. I... If, you know... Uh, if, if you just want to buzz off those, you know, everyone. And there just wasn't a good vibe. And he, I think he was DOPing two other grads. And to be honest, I think, he, you know, he's a lovely guy, but I think he felt out of his depth in terms of any, whatever whatever the film was going to end up being like, I was definitely giving the impression that this thing was going to be better than Johnny and Mary's over there. Yeah, yeah. And you're either in or you're out kind of thing. And like I said, I had this sort of slightly bullish attitude, um, which I you don't, just don't regret. It to be the best it could be. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he uh, after the end of the location scout to Connemara, he showed me the photographs, and 
the day when we were there was this beautiful overcast day and it looked real grey and, and gritty and awful and that's the way I wanted it to look and he sent me like these fucking photographs with this weird blue tint they were all shite and I just started panicking then because I'm very hands on with cinematography like I'll place the camera and I you know I've like I, I work with I've worked with some really amazing cinematographers in the last few years like I've been really lucky to work with like the likes of James Mather uh, Piers McGrail and a few others uh, so working with a cinematographer is always really an exciting experience and of what, course, and what someone's going to bring to something as well, you know. so uh, I, I, I didn't want to get into a situation with this guy in a class where he was just a button pusher and he wasn't going to bring anything to it because like I'll place the camera but if someone has something better I'll shoot that usually I'll shoot both mm-hmm. or usually most of the time we end up agreeing me and the DOP of what we should be doing uh but anyway, he, he I, I freaked out, and I was like, I'm not giving someone credit for basically my work. Fuck this. So I went back to the college, and I said, this guy is not good enough, blah, blah, blah. And Adam just said, right, do what you want. <laughs> so at that Success! stage, I, I, made a, I made a compromise. There was a young guy who was in second year at the time, and his name is Aidan Galt. And he, I don't know what it was about him, because I actually hadn't seen anything he'd fucking done before. And like I said, I like to buzz off people, and I buzzed off Aidan like a motherfucker. Uh, and me and him got on like a house on fire and even if and I have had this discussion with Aiden before and we probably had a laugh about it but even if he didn't fully really maybe wasn't up to the job and don't get me wrong he did do a good job in it and if there was anything he didn't understand he didn't let me know that he just acted like he fucking was the best cinematographer in the world and that was good enough for me even if he was even if the other guy was better at him I, Aiden gave me the impression that he's better, and it just just the, that was enough to convince me that he was the guy for the job, yeah. and then that and which was nice because I started I, there was there was one incident which really pissed me off in the school. Someone came up to me and was like, "Who do you think you are? You're firing your class members." I was like, "I'm not in the fire anybody. I just let them go because it wasn't working out." And uh, I remember Jean Rice, and I still quote her on this, and I was having a laugh with her not too long ago. Jean Rice is the now head of course in IDT, and uh, she she said, "I think mm, no, sorry it was." Apologies, it was Anne O'Leary that said this. She said, never in the history of IDT is a second year ever DOP to grad film. Uh, and then the film ended up uh, winning like the Royal Television Award for Best Drama and Best Cinematography in the UK. It went on to screen in Plus Camera Mage, which is like the biggest cinematography festival on the planet. Wow. Uh, so it was a nice fuck you to, to nice, college nice, and everything. Nice yeah, yeah. So that was nice for, for Aiden as well, and it was a nice little boost for him, especially for a second year and a... Someone that was. Yeah, he's going to yeah. work a great deal. As well, yeah, yeah. He's see. he's still he's still, and we've worked together many times after Skunky Dog. I've worked with Aiden the most out of 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 everybody. Um, so yeah, Aiden's Aiden's. Aiden's so it's great. important to get on with somebody. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So anyway, getting into the film. So basically, I, I we had gotten my I had gotten my DOP who I wanted, and I got my producer, and we started putting this thing together, and. Uh, yeah, we went up and we shot the fucking thing. Um, <laughs> we eventually we got it all together, and like I think more than about just a little less than half the crew were externals, <laughs> which is like yeah. But it was like the most professional shoot because of Paddy and what Paddy uh, and his the, what he brought to it with his contacts that he knew at the time, and it was the most professional grad shoot there. And for me, it was a whole new experience because it was the first time working with uh, professional actors for the most part of the the cast, yeah. and uh, just from you know inexperience and stuff, it was very challenging. And there's one day in particular that was very uh, upsetting and challenging for me as a director, but I'm so glad it happened, and I'll I'll always keep every incident as a you know something to take away from and learn from and everyone else should do the same um but i had a very you know i had, I had limited experience with professional actors from the stage and screen um so i didn't know how to handle some of them you can question some things and be like well maybe you know they could have seen that a bit and you know been a bit lighter uh to the young 23 year old yeah but uh he was very, uh, you know, passionate about making this. Anyway, look, I'm not going to go into any details or anything, but there was one incident in particular with one particular actor who, which wasn't nice, and I, I literally I walked outside the set, and I didn't get really much support from anybody else who I thought I would have got some support from. And I walked outside, and I walked around in circles for 20 minutes, held up the shoot, trying not to literally cry, yeah. and I walked back in and said, no, 
listen, this is what you were born to do. This is what your dad would want you to do. Get the fuck back in there. So I did. It was a tough day. We got through it. Afterwards, I wanted to put a bullet through my head, and I didn't know if I would finish the movie. But then we got on with it, and we... It was a relatively pleasant experience for the most part. There was one day that was just a bit hairy that uh, I'm glad it did happen, because when it happened... Well, it sounds character building, though, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, 100%. Not every day, you're yeah. like, you're going to get some things right, you're going to get some things wrong. No, uh, it, was, it was like, yeah, it was a really good experience, and I... I I've ran into similar type people like you know a few times after that again, but I know how to handle it a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Is that a bit about um, you know, amazing sec- success getting it out there? So just for filmmakers, like uh, any advice in terms of festivals and awards and how to kind of approach that that strategy? Um, well, it was pushed really nicely by Paddy. Mm-hmm. It did help. It was. It ended up being like when I look back at it now. Um, I still think the story holds up and I think some of the characters are really brilliant I think some of it's maybe over the top in terms of a few scenes and stuff um, and you know some of the way the camera's placed and shit I wouldn't do any of that stuff now Um, but I still think it holds up and I still think it resonates with a lot of people because it's a story that uh, is universal It's everyone knows this guy there's someone there's one of these guys in every town across the world so it's universal. It's a very Irish film, and there's a very few Irish moments in it that are a bit over the top for my taste now. But um, it's yeah, it, it's it's good and it holds up. So in terms of getting it out, it did help that it was it ended up being very much liked by a lot of people, yeah. uh, and I was honestly overwhelmed initially that so many people warmed to this film. I didn't. I, to be honest, when I when usually when I finish something. I fucking don't like it at all. It would take me a long... There's, a, there's very few projects that I finished and that I really am proud of. I did a music video called For the Funeral Suits, which was the last one. I think you saw it with the kid with the gun on the bike. Yeah. And that, I, I shot the footage. And we did that for nothing. We did it for like a grand and a half. And I shot it. And I just knew it was going to be class. Like, And then it did really well. Anyway, we'll get to that later. But yeah. it was just... It was a very few projects that I finished. And I know that they're going to be fucking a cracker-like. But Sunky Dog wasn't one of them. No, and I, I mean, it it's hard to tell. I'd imagine it's hard to tell. Yeah. When you know, once you start working on something, it is. Do you have any um, kind of? How would you, for example, because it's ups and downs. This yeah. Kind of, um, but just, just, just to, just to finish up. Sorry, yeah, yeah, but yeah, just to finish yeah. up about how we got it out there and pushing. Paddy was mo- mostly behind that. Paddy's like a fucking machine. He just sat there. I think I don't. It's will give me shivers to know how many hours he put into sending this out to every fucking festival everywhere and we got accepted into most festivals and we won a few awards here and there we won some nice ones we won yeah not every award is like you know it's a prestigious kind of thing but there was a few that were nice and we got a NIFTA nomination which was nice as well and you know at that stage it was it was all it's quite overwhelming as well because you know I didn't it was coming from the whole father thing to suddenly this in the space of five seconds not really knowing anyone on a sort of more professional level, going from nothing to suddenly everyone knew about this guy and this film because it's a national film school and they watch who comes out of that school. And so I, very quickly after college, I was placed around and kind of thrown around here and there to a few... And I met a lot of interesting people, but we'll, we'll get to that. So uh, don't conform. Was no. Was on, say, the length? Because a lot of people who say we're going for festivals don't make it. Like don't make it twenty minutes short. Yeah. Well, I, it's, it was twenty five. <laughs> yeah. I should have been at least twenty, uh, but then that was me just being indulgent again at that stage and not learning. I'm still not learning. I'm about to embark on another short. It's probably going to be twenty minutes long. Okay. Um, but but you uh, still got like it didn't stop. It, it it held us up with a few yeah. few places. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we could submit to Cannes because right. it was uh, it was too long, and I think Sundance we were held up too. I think. Which they would have been really big ones to go for. I don't know whether we've got, what if we have gotten in, but we definitely wanted to try. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I definitely try aim for <laughs> less than twenty minutes. And you know, I got smacked from that for that constantly by the lectures and during festival runs. I was like, Jesus, I loved your film. It was very good. Now, fair play to you. Now, and and what age are you? Ten? And I was like, I am. Yeah. And they were just like, Well, it's just the only thing. The only thing. The Oddly thing, it's a little bit long. It's just like, <laughs> it's yeah, quiet, but it's, it's, it's yeah. very good. It's just yeah. a bit long. It's right. like, yeah, I, I see that now, maybe, but whatever. <laughs> Who cares, man? Uh, so, what's coming up for you in the future? If you can talk, what, if you can talk about some of that, what are you up to now? The next one? Yeah. So, Skunky Dog is like the the root of of all the all the people I've met and everything I've sort of done since, um, and I. 
got introduced very quickly after college to a guy called Andrew Friedman, uh, who runs Venom Films, and he runs Antidote with a guy called Ken Wardrobe, who Ken is probably, if not the best documentary filmmaker in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to... I got introduced to them because of Skunky Dog, and uh, they make commercials. They have a commercials uh, company, and uh, they also wanted to know was I interested in doing a feature with them. And I, again, this is again speaking. It's all very overwhelming in terms of like you know going from nothing to suddenly having this film that was really well re- like received, and you know there's people that want to know who you are and kind of. So- I'm not saying I was fucking famous by any means. I'm just saying going from what I had, which was pretty much nothing, to suddenly people in which is quite a small industry know about you so mm-hmm. I'm, hopefully I'm not coming across as thinking I'm some sort of god or something no but there's an interest there obviously yeah, yeah, yeah of course but, yeah, it's it's yeah. but um but I am a god what the fuck am I talking <laughs> <No>! <laughs> um, but yeah so basically I met the two of those guys and they wanted to do a feature film and I was just like oh my god a feature I'm totally that sounds amazing and then when you've got people like Andrew and stuff you know and especially when you're that age you think these people are fucking mega you know um, and so I started writing a feature film called Rocket, which is about like a washed up sort of punk singer, like lead, like our mid forties that whose father dies haha, and ends up having to go back to her small town to reconnect with her estranged family. And it's sort of like a sidewaysy sort of very dark comedy. And I wrote the first draft of it and I sent it to them and they loved it. So I started developing that with them over a period of months, over a year. Uh, and I wrote three very different drafts of it and it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's in development. It's good. It's it's no. It's not in development anymore. Ah. So what happened was, oh. um, I was writing this thing and developing with them, and I sort of came and hit a brick wall with I think like the fourth draft. Um, but a part of me was like, why the fuck am I doing this? Am I doing this because the guys want me to do this, or am I doing it because I'm not ready to make a fucking feature film? I still don't think I'm ready to make a feature film. Yeah, I wanted to do another short. In fact, I came up with the idea for Rocket from a sh- the next short that I wanted to do and sort of made that into a bigger thing. So through a series of events, we sh- stopped the idea of doing this feature. Um, and then I was like, oh, i got to find a way to make some moolah, some proper moolah-like... So I said to Ken, I was just like, any any thoughts there, Chief? So he was just like, why don't you start doing music videos, like, you know, actual proper music videos, not for, like, Johnny and Mary down the road, but, like, you know, music videos from labels and stuff. Basically how that works is you'll approach a, a rep or, a, you know, people that just do solely music videos and you basically, well, hopefully that they might sign you up and then they send you briefs every week and you can pitch on them if they're actually, you know, from, you know, 10,000 to, you know, sometimes 100,000 for not that much money in music videos these days. Basically, I sent my stuff uh, to this rep call in England. His name is Andy Roberts and Jen Herrera. They have a big office in LA as well. They're called Las Bandas. And they just solely do music videos. They don't do commercials or anything. And uh, I sent my stuff. And Andy Roberts, who I'll give a shout-out to, he's a legend, he knew I didn't have any music. I had done some music videos with a friend, but none of them were good enough to show. Um the only thing I had was Skunky Dog and I had made this weird art movie called El Freak after um, college which is questionable um, but it's kind of a music video so there's you know you can see potential in there to do something cool yeah, yeah, yeah. so I showed El Freak and I showed um, Skunky Dog to these guys and they liked it so he said I'll give you a shot so he said I'm not going to sign you to anything but I'll send you on some briefs so he sent me a brief I pitched on it I didn't get it and he sent me a brief uh, the second one about two weeks later and I won it which went from like and was like five times the budget of Skunky Dog. It was like twenty twenty five grand or something. It was ended up being the TV head music video oh, okay. um, for James, which is like the, that funny enough band James. I directed it. I'm called James. The band is called James. The cinematographer is called James. So it was like all oh, lots of jokes on set. So that was my first professional oh, sort down. of. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was like their first first thing. Tim Booth, the lead singer of that band, he's a, a very wacky man. I had many Skype conversations on. Uh, <laughs> on, I won't go into this now. <laughs> anyway, basically, that was that was my first professional gig, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I made that, and it went down pretty well. In fact, I actually fucking hated it when I finished it. I thought it was a piece of shit, uh, and then I warmed to it. I realized actually, well, the story's quite strong. There's things in it now, like it was a really hectic shoot. Uh, I had to. I had two yuppies producing it that I never worked with before from London, uh, and they weren't good. Danish, it, Danish eaters. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It's all you know. If you have someone like Paddy Slattery or you know, um, you know, Andrew Friedman, you know, you've got great 
you're in good hands because if if someone's not doing their job properly, I mean, you just you're starting to do their job for them, and then you're not concentrating on what you're doing. And it was very it was a very tricky shoot because we shot it over a whole bunch of locations in Waterford. It was like moving all the time, and it was like jumping out of the car. It was in March, so it still was getting dark quite early. It's a two day shoot, and it was fucking a nightmare, a awful shoot. I hated it, but we got it done. And I saw the cut, and I thought it was a piece of shit. But then, little by little, realised it actually wasn't. It, it was received well. It was Yay. received well again. Um, and uh, so, so, do you think maybe you're too hard on yourself in some ways? I'm a big stri- man. I beat the shit out of myself. Like I'm, I'm not one to compliment easy to others, and I'm definitely not one to ever really compliment myself. Believe it or not. Yeah, no, no, yeah, well, it, it um, down, I guess. But I, I think, yeah, with that. That's how I, I made that, and then I knew that the guys had Antidote, which was their perf, their their commercials production company for TV commercials, and most of the people on their books, which some of them are quite amazing. They've got Eva McArdle, who is like, I look up to that girl so much, she's like my hero. Um, he's just made a movie called Kissing Candace that screened at the Berlin Film Festival last mm-hmm. week. That's amazing, yeah. It's very cool. Um... So they they have this this roster of like directors and most of them are of, and still are a good bit older than I am. I think Eva's must be nearly forty. But um, I wanted to get into commercials and I wasn't good enough in their eyes to be signed to Antidote. Uh, and I so I continued to make music videos and I got a few more gigs from Las Bandas and it wasn't until this music video for the funeral suits popped in from not from Las Bandas funny enough it was from Ruby Works which is a a label out in Dunleary they have like Hosier and Rodrigo Gabriela and stuff and they had this band called the Funeral Suits and they didn't know who they were at the time but they had like a big following in South America and um I just checked out the stuff and your man it was from the band actually that initially emailed me and said we well, only got a thousand euro and I was like I laughed I was like man come on like I just can't if I, I, mean, I could go out like a one man band with a fucking camera and make yeah. you a shit one if you want but I said you know if I'm going to do something properly I want a proper crew camera and you know do it do it properly yeah, so yeah. I said I can't do this and I said you're my fee alone it's supposed to be 10% of that like so I was just going to lock knock everything out completely so uh, I wasn't doing anything at the time I was having a I was having a, a a little existential crisis. Yeah, yeah. So and I re- and I, the, <laughs> so I went back and I listened to the song again, and then I was like, actually, wait a minute, this is a fucking crack of a song. So very quickly, uh, with my tail between my legs, I ran back to him and I said, um, listen, actually, I changed my mind. I won't get paid for this. I won't pay anyone else. I'm going to try wrangle a team together and uh, try squeeze another, you know, seven hundred euros out of the label and um, make you a fucking cracker. I've got this amazing idea. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be. And then your man was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I I got a I got a team together, um, and we shot that in the summer, uh, over two days, and it ended up being really really well received. Like we won best uh, director and best music video at the Kinsale Sharks, which is a really big platform for mainly commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they started doing music recently, so more people saw that. And then Andrew and Ken saw the funeral suits and was like, okay, we better try and nab this guy for commercials before because I was starting to drift off to places like, you know, I was talking to Ross from Motherland and a few other places. So Andrew, I think, uh, he came with his tail between his legs and he said, listen, I'm gonna, oh, how would you like to be signed Antidote? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. So anyway, I signed my Kiss life. Kiss me now or lose me forever. Yeah, <laughs> kind of, yeah. So I signed, signed with them cool. for commercials and sort of continued making music videos and all that kind of stuff. And then... <coughs> In September last year, I started fishing around for. It's very, it's it's quite, it's relatively quiet, the industry and advertising at the moment, um, and also just I've uh, missed a huge chunk of stuff. Have I, am I talking for way too much here? No, it's okay. Am we'll I, wrap up soon. Though. Okay, okay. Yeah. How long have we been talking for? Uh, just forty-five minutes. Oh shit. Okay. No, it's, Sorry. No, it's all good. Um, yeah. Just kind of. Do you have any <laughs> any piece of advice that you wish someone had told you when you started out? Um, let me think. There's definitely a few answers to this. <laughs> don't don't play with your phone during podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, watch stuff. Watch loads of stuff. Uh, read more. Um, watch what's out there. Be very aware. Educate yourself as what of who you're surrounded by, who you admire. Just and I'm talking about in Ireland. 
yeah. or in, in the industry here, yeah. watch stuff, watch who's out there. I think that's a really, really important right. to be aware of what's good and what's not good and who's doing what and stuff and to be very clued in to that. I think that's very important and I, I've definitely got a lot better at that. Uh, and reading, which I still don't do enough, I wish that someone told me to read more when I was younger. Um, I also think it's important to realise that you're not on your own, but you are very much, it's it's up to you to fucking do the work. Yeah. You can't, like I said, you don't go to, lots of people don't go to college and, and they end up being successful, they end up getting into film, most, a lot of like, more than half but I mean if you go to college you're there no one's going to do shit for you if you go to art school you're not going to come out Leonardo da Vinci you know you have to do all yourself and especially even if like I was lucky because I went to college two of them so I'm a college boy I've said that enough right all you kids out there Um, basically yeah if you're not in in college I mean then like I mean that's I I don't know what I would have done because you know at least you have a building to go to and Mm -hmm. people at least give you some sort of whipping to be like no you should be doing that so there's a little bit of that in college obviously you you can go in or you don't have to go in no one's gonna it's not like school Um, but yeah I don't know what I would have done well you're an example of somebody that has to just by the sounds of it has had to continually fight yeah to get to get what you want Uh, you know yeah, I I would I would say that that and that be aware is true. of that fight. I think yeah. people need to be aware of that. No? They yeah no definitely. I think you definitely have to. Um, yeah, there's a lot of hacking. I mean, like, and I and I'm hopefully I'm not sounding like oh it's all like a struggle or anything. You have days where it's where things you know you're a fucking rock star, and other days where you're a piece of shit. You'll never make a movie again. I have those days. I had one the other day. I was like I'm I failed life. <laughs> um, but you know, there when things start happening, things some really good stuff has happened. Some really amazing stuff has happened uh, in the last four years. Like of and in terms of you know filming things or opportunities, I signed to Sunny London which is one of the top ten companies in the world for TV commercials, mm-hmm. um, assigned to them in the UK. They flew me over, put me up for two days in a swanky hotel in Leicester Square and treated me like a king, so nice cool. things do happen. Yeah. Um, and at the moment I'm talking to a few big companies in Los Angeles, and I have a phone call tomorrow with Hungry Man, who are very cool. Amazing. Um, uh, it's a good point so to leave it, man. Leave it on a, on a note. No. Uh, so we can talk for the next yeah, six yeah. or seven hours. I'm in a chatty mood anyway. Yeah, so. no, that's... Oh.